This is Lovey Dummies. I'm David. And I'm Perlan. Thanks for joining us. There's nothing loving about walking into marriage with your eyes closed. Examination will strengthen a healthy relationship. In this episode, we will discuss the rest of the 10 questions that couples should ask before they get married. Welcome, Pearl. Hey, Dave. Hey, so this is our second date night. Yeah, it took us a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so in our first date night, we talked through some questions Mm -hmm. centered around getting ready for marriage. So these are, there are 10 questions that you're supposed to ask before you get married. And uh, we're going to go through the second part tonight. But before that... (laughs) We're going to review, we're going to recap the first five that we did. So the first... Five, start with uh, number one, is your relationship centered on God and his glory? Number two, are you growing in friendship, communication, fellowship, and romance? Number three, are you clear on your biblical roles as man and woman? Uh, Number four, are other people supportive of your relationship? And number five, which is a doozy, is sexual desire playing too big or too small a part in your decision? So those are the first five that we went through in our last episode. And in this second episode, we're going to go through the final five. So do you want to get started? All right, let's start with number six. Number six is, do you have a track record of solving problems biblically? I think this one is basically asking, can you be an adult? (laughs) I think, uh, in, you know, we, we have conflicts, you know, everybody has conflicts. So in a marriage, just how do you, how do you solve conflicts? Do you tend to become more selfish or are you more willing to kind of reach out to the other person and, um, and just work through things together? Yeah, I think uh, you and I uh, first, especially me, Mm-hmm. Like when when there's a conflict, my initial reaction is to be like a kid first, <laughs> to act like a child, throw tantrums, <laughs> but then, yeah, me and then too, after too. after three minutes, <laughs> no, no, that's too long. <laughs> after a, a while, I would realize, oh, okay, this is very selfish and very childish, and maybe I should, you know, go ahead and talk. I heard. Um, a discussion about this in some other podcast and they Mm -hmm. said that whoever is the more mature of the couple Mm -hmm. uh, usually they are the ones who make the first move towards reconciliation so that would be me yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay Okay. I'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) and that's actually you most of the time (laughs) Well, no, I think as long as, as somebody is doing it, right? Yeah. Because it's not going to be the, the same person every single time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we found in our relationship, too. It's not always the same person that's that's going to initiate sort of the reconciliation process. 
it's going to be different depending on the situation and the circumstances. But first we get mad first. <laughs> Before anything else, we get mad. <laughs> no, um, um, why do you think this is, why do you think it's important to um, solve problems biblically? Can, you know, back in high school, like when I get into fights, <laughs> this is like a confession, when I get into fights in high school, like usually how do we, uh, you know, my classmates and I would say, okay, how do we resolve this conflict? Let's just go to the field and just like, you know. Pummel each other. Yeah. <laughs> until we feel better. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's the thing. I think, um, I think you, when, if you don't, if you don't sit down and work through whatever the conflict is, if you just decide, uh, you know, I, I wish we could just feel better, and then you just decide, all right, let's just not talk about it. Let's just let's just ignore it and and move on. Uh, that doesn't really solve anything. You're always, it's not, you know, there's there's no there's no solution. I think you know it in your heart. It's always, it's just going to stick in there mm-hmm. and it's going to come back at some point. You know, you, the next conflict that you have, it just sort of adds on top of whatever you didn't solve in the past. Yeah. Um, you know, one great advice in this book says, by the way, this book again is called uh, Boy Meets Girl by Josh Harris. Right. So if you want to get a copy get a copy this i think this is a really good book so uh there's an advice here and he says don't move ahead unless you see progress in this part of your relationship why because even good marriages are not devoid of conflicts so Mm -hmm. conflicts are going to happen whether you like it or not so might as well learn that skill of um solving problems biblically right so some of the questions that this book brings up is it talks about manipulation when you face problems or do you avoid things? Like I was saying, uh, do you whitewash matters by pretending everything is okay? Uh, yeah. Do you store presentments? That's another thing. You know, the Bible says love keeps no record of wrongs. Oops. <laughs> oh, goodness. That's all. Well, I mean, it's hard for, for everybody, I think, just to, to think about um, what the implications of that is, that it doesn't keep a record. Because that's that's sort of our, you know, we we give one, we take one. That's that's our, I think, instinct sometimes. Yeah, um, I think it also has something to do with uh, false expectations. Because when we are, you know, when we love someone, or we're when we are in a relationship, we immediately expect that this person is not going to disappoint me. He can't let me down. Things like that. But that's not true. Because yeah, when we you're in are the honeymoon phase, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> even so, like you yeah. know, um, you're gonna have to deal with um, disappointments and mm-hmm. imperfections because we live in a broken world. Right, so, all right. So the next question is: Are you headed in the same direction in life? What do you have to say about that one? Well, let me start with this book. Uh, It says, when the Bible speaks of marriage, it speaks four times of leaving and cleaving. So let's define that one. Mm -hmm. So um, it says here, leaving means you are no longer tied to the direction set by your parents and your single life. 
Mm-hmm. So it's simple. Uh, if your parents want you to do this or that, or uh, you know, you used to b- decide things on your own, like travel and everything, mm-hmm. your hobbies, you pur- you <laughs> you prioritize other things when you were single. You have to leave all that and cleave to your spouse. Cleave mm-hmm. here means you choose to move in the same direction as your spouse. So no one's gonna left be. No one is going to be left behind. Right. Of course. So that's, I think, the the people that might have trouble with this one, especially for relationships where both people are pursuing careers. I think it can be difficult. Um, and you have to, to work through what it's going to look like if you guys are together. Uh, obviously like if you're in two different locations, maybe when you're in your relationship and you got to think about what it's going to look like when you leave and cleave, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, this also, um, this is interesting in such a way that it is possible and it is true that two different people can have a wonderful marriage it's not all about compatibility that you have to be very you know out of the same mold so to speak Mm -hmm. um but the the miracle in this is that you unite you know from two different worlds if you unite and then as one you start moving in the same direction i think that's that's a part of the mystery of Mm -hmm. marriage is you cut off uh, your uh, cultural connections. I don't know if that makes sense, but you know what I mean. It's like it doesn't factor in anymore. You start building your own values together, mm-hmm. bringing what you have and what your spouse has together, and then you mix it and you get your new original combination, something like yeah, that. <laughs> I think well, there's, there's people out there that make um, life plans, so this is what I'm going to do in five years. This is what my life is going to look like in 10. So when you incorporate another person into your life, those goals and those plans are going to change most likely. So yeah. when you leave and cleave, it's mm. those you have to work through those things all over again. Yeah, and I think another important uh, thing to ask is like, what does your family going to do in terms of certain situations for example if you had to move you know you you got to think ahead Mm -hmm. of these decisions um like which church are you going to go to if you guys go to church like Mm -hmm. that uh yeah even like details of your life exactly exactly like money how many kids do you have because this is uh, a very uh, common problem that some people don't take into consideration before they get married maybe because they think that oh once you're married you have no choice but to agree with me something like that that. but you know it's like you talk about how many kids do you want or what are you going to do with your money financially yeah yeah Yeah, you got to have those kinds of talks Mm. okay so number eight is have you taken into account any cultural differences you have? This is an interesting question for us in particular, just because we've been 
we we got together in a foreign country, a uh, country that's foreign for both of us. Mm-hmm. And we're a part of such an international group of people already. Yep. It's such a mix of cultures that at least the way that the book addresses this question, I think our experience is different. And uh, I don't know. Um, I think the the things that it talks about, we we don't really have those issues, at least yet. Maybe maybe when we meet my parents, <laughs> it'll we'll we'll encounter something, or I don't know. But I think just the 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 cultural differences that the the book talks about are, you know, they they are More important of racial. Right, topic. and I think I think, but in, we came from two different races. We not, we're not being racial here, but you know, I'm from Southeast Asia. Yeah, and I'm from America. But this is, I think, what the book is addressing is if you come from a country that's a little bit more homogenous, and but even 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 in America, where there is a, a pretty big mix of races, you still have these pockets of sort of. Um, homogenous people, <laughs> I guess you can say. And so you do encounter uh, unexpected sort of racial issues, mm-hmm. even with, uh, you know, parents that you wouldn't consider racist or anything like that. They have certain ideas, I think. What came to mind um, is, to me, is um, just the fact that we uh like even if we were from the same country or same cultural background there are still going to be fam- family cultural differences so for example i know that you grew up in a family who loves to watch tv shows like that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but you know i well, don't know culture. if i think it's yeah. a culture too it's a culture too but I don't know. I think my family, the rest of my family members, they also love to watch TV. But I am just not a TV not so person. Much. Yeah. So I feel like I have my own culture, mm-hmm. uh, which is um, I tend to just, you know, as soon as someone turns the TV on, I go upstairs in my room <laughs> and read a book, something like that. Um, so things like that. And, you know, I prefer listening to talks more than watching them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're pretty. So, if you come to think of it, they're pretty much the same. But I just enjoy it in a different way. So yeah. I think um, I think it's culture too, right? Um, that is a cultural mm. difference. And then, for example, in my family, we value uh, leadership and just being assertive and being, you know, being able to speak your mind. Mm-hmm. I know some families they value being quiet or. And just being submissive and like whatever the parents say, you say yes. Sure. But I grew up, for example, I grew up in a family wherein uh, my family values our opinions. So we're kind of like mm. a, a very opinionated family, outspoken, and um, should I say aggressive in just in a way that we take, we like taking initiatives. Mm. So, uh, I think I'm definitely going to bring that into, like, you know, our family's culture. Sure. Something like that. Whereas my family was a little bit more laid back. (laughs) (laughs) At least that was sort of the effect on me. But 
yeah, those are those are things that you also need to consider when you're planning to get married. Just uh, the potential conflicts that it, that can arise from those those things. Uh, number nine. Number nine is: Do either of you have complicating entanglements from past marriages or relationships? I think this one is fairly self-explanatory, but there's, you know, when there's there's a past that you have to on one side or both sides that you have to deal with going into a, a new marriage. Those are also things you need to consider. Yeah, first of all, it's it's not only about problems or entanglements. Just for instance, you're still in love with your ex. That's a that's a bad idea or you're just trying to get over your that ex. That will greatly complicate things. Yeah. So, uh it could mean that or it could mean like for example, if you were in a previous marriage or if you uh had um a kid in yeah, that if you have children yeah, in your other families. Previous marriage, I think it's it's better to settle that first like custody because uh legally it involves adoption and things like that it could yeah yeah so just make sure that in the future you're not going to get entangled with a lot more trouble if you um straighten that out right from the beginning yeah and also the bible talks about um legitimate divorces and remarriage and illegitimate divorces and remarriage and Although some people are very hard on this, uh, the Lord is clear and gracious of, of His policies. So um, this episode is not dedicated to that, maybe in the future, but uh, the book advises us, and I guess we share the same view here, that each case is different. So uh, go talk to your pastor or counselor. I'm sure your church has a policy on that. Uh, if seek, you go to church, yeah, yeah, and seek and pray, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, the Lord is definitely going to answer you and lead you. Yeah, I think especially if you are coming from a divorce or something that sort of situation, just looking at your previous uh, relationship and how it ended can be a indicator of how this relationship might go so if you divorced your divorced from your previous relationship for like irreconcilable differences which can mean a lot of different things but if it basically just meant oh well we lost the spark or we just couldn't um deal with each other anymore (laughs) we just couldn't deal with certain issues that we have uh there's no, I mean, that can't, you can bring that into your next relationship and it's very, very likely that the same thing is going to happen because you're going to have conflicts and you're going to have issues with any person you get into a uh, marriage relationship with because that's, that's sort of part of a marriage is you're, you're, um, you're going to be very, <laughs> You will be very well known by this person. They're going to know everything about you. So um, if you can't deal with someone knowing you that intimately, maybe uh, you need to figure out what's what you're having issues with first before you get into another marriage. And even non-Christian counselors would 
advise you that it is not good to jump onto another relationship, even if you feel like you're okay, unless you have truly resolved everything and you are starting with a clean slate, so to speak. Yeah, because there's, there's so many legal things to go through, especially with divorce and, and that kind of thing. And not only that, even just emotional pains and hurts, uh, sometimes people are so much in a hurry to get over something or someone that they they thought they were ready and just jump onto this new relationship carrying the same baggage. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and the last one is very straightforward. Ready? Do, Do you, you want, want to, to marry, marry this, this person? person? <laughs> so... You know, the Bible tells us that the decision to marry is a choice that we make. And that's that's our gift to us, right? Mm -hmm. And so the question that you should ask is like, do you want to marry me or? <laughs> Does this person want to marry me? <laughs> so that that is very straightforward because... Getting married is not your parents' choice, not your best friend's choice, but it is your choice. And it is your life. And no one and no leading can constrain or compel you to make these vows. So uh, for Christians, you know, in Corinthians seven twenty-five to 40, it's a passage in the Bible that explicitly speaks of how people de decide to get married. And there's a verse there that says he should do as he wants. He is not sinning or the man who has settled the matter in his own mind, who is under no compulsion, but who has control over his own will and who has made up his mind. She is free to marry anyone she wishes, but he must belong to the Lord. You know, we could find those verses there. Um, so, yeah, if you're a Christian listening to us right now, you can go ahead and read and meditate and pray over that um that scripture yeah i think this question might be more for christians just because some christians tend to over spiritualize stuff what do you mean by that uh, maybe they felt like they're being led into a marriage or there's some sort of mystical experience going on behind the scenes. And it's not really, they're not really choosing or deciding for themselves. It's just like, oh, God told me to marry this person. Because I, after I fasted three days, I met this guy, yeah. <laughs> something like that. So it's a sign and it's destiny and I'm going to get married. Yeah. So please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, we know that as children of God, he just wants the best for us. And, you know, it's we're glad that we're discussing this with you because, uh, you know, when two people are in love, they tend to just uh, um, not talk about tiresome details and questions because they felt that oh this is unnecessary it's all gonna work out we genuinely care for yeah. <laughs> about so let's each not other not sweat the details yeah but yeah if you really want the best for each other better make that important discussion now
This is a Creative Commons podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Lovey Dummies. And if you have any similar experiences or some totally unrelated stories, you can share it with us. Our email is lovenotes at loveydummies.com. Or you can fill out the anonymous contact form on our home on the web, loveydummies.com. Thank you.